Hello and welcome to an all new episode of the Spotlight Hollywood Edition. I am one of your hosts, Kente, and I'm all the way live from Los Angeles, California. And we have a yet again a great show for you tonight. Um, unfortunately, the ladies won't be joining us because uh, one is Tara Lynn is celebrating her wedding anniversary. So congratulations to Tara Lynn. And uh, Miosha is off on some sort of assignment. So uh, she's out there getting her work in as well. And always, we always want participation. This is a live show. You can call in at area code 347-857-3385. Once again, that's area code 347-857-3385. And remember, you have to press 1 to be entered into the host queue. That is the only way that we'll know that you've called. Also, we want you to participate by coming to our website. It's IndieRadio.org. Once again, that's IndyRadio.org. Uh, just press one. Uh, I'm sorry, not press one. Let's make up a uh, name and come on into the chat room. Now, uh, before I introduce who is here with us tonight, um, our guest hasn't yet made it. So hopefully he'll uh, be in and uh, we can do the show Fine. So uh, we're waiting for our guest to get here. It is Zach Santiago. So there's a little mix up and hopefully um, it'll work where he'll make it OK. All right. So now that all of that is taken care of. Let me introduce the those who's going to come in and and pinch hit for the ladies. And uh, the first guy, you know, him. they call him the captain, uh, Captain Olaf Barbosa. How are you doing? I'm doing great. Like, glad to be here and, and help out the ladies so they can, uh, you know, uh, so Terry Lynn can, you know, celebrate her anniversary. Congratulations. And, uh, and Miosha, just like whatever she's doing. Glad I could come in and help out so she can do what they, what, so they can do what they needed to do. And, and, and before I introduce uh, Yardley, um, it looks like uh, our guest is momentarily uh, calling in. So, so it looks like we will have our guest tonight. That's awesome. Um, but also, you know this guy. He's on on um, the uh, talking about walkers. He's also on hell on uh, talking hell on wheels. It's uh, my main man all the way from Atlanta, Yardley. How you doing, man? Hey, what's up, Kente, man? Glad to be pinch hitting for the ladies tonight, and uh, congrats to them and the things that they're doing tonight. Just ready to talk a little uh, a little spotlight uh, movie news and television news. It's always fun to be on this show, man. Thanks for inviting me tonight. All right. Thank you so much. Um, you know what? Uh, be, before we get into the box office and what's coming out, I know you're a big Star Wars fan, and uh, there was some news. That, you know, I don't think we ever covered it, that uh, Harrison Ford may have gotten injured while uh, working on the um, newest movie did you hear anything about that yeah but that happened months ago man he's uh is he back he, yeah he's he's back they've been back shooting for weeks so yeah that's that happened Ooh, that happened a while ago kente yeah <laughs> he, i mean uh, i knew it was a while ago but uh, yeah. you know we never did cover it i think it was during it, our hiatus yeah it was probably i think it was like a a fracture in his leg like uh I think they were saying that he broke his leg essentially, but it obviously wasn't like a really bad break, but he was on the mend for a few weeks, probably about a month, but it happened a couple of weeks before they took 
you know, like a two week break from shooting. So basically um, when it happened, he was on the mend for a little while and then they had a two week break that was actually scheduled prior to that injury happening. So it all seemed to have worked out, you know, worked out fine. So he's back. They're back shooting and uh, everything remains on schedule. And that's that's great. Yeah. Now I'm going to look up. He is 72 years old. Man, I got to give him props to be out there doing this thing like that, you know, at 72 years old. But, man, I can I'm not surprised he got hurt <laughs> making this. Yeah. Movie, well, I think probably one of the things that's the most curious is people would probably want to know exactly how it happened. And I agree with you, you know, at 72, you know, it's probably not as hard to you know shatter or break a bone. But at the same time. These guys are professionals, so I'm, I'm sure that his role in the movie wasn't necessarily a lot of stuff with him running around doing a bunch of stuff. Mm -hmm. So, you know, they could probably shoot things in different ways, such and such. But I'm pretty sure that this is probably just a freak thing that happened, man. Like, I don't think that they were having him, you know, dive over rocks and <laughs> doing stuff like that. You know, they have stunt stuntmen and stunt coordinators for that. But uh, one of those freaky things that happened, but I think the irony is the fact that he broke his leg, uh, apparently, on the Millennium Falcon. Really? So, I, I didn't know that. Yeah. I think, yeah, that's what they were saying. It was like one of the doors. You, door you, you know when you watch Star Wars, how when they edit it, those doors close really fast? Mm -hmm. And I was like making a joke that, man, maybe those doors really do close that fast. Caught that leg. But I, I think it was just something freaky. But it, it's good that he's back and everything's going on according to schedule. So he took the the what you normally say before you go on stage or whatever. Literally, it's like you know, break a leg. <laughs> Pretty much. Yeah, apparently so, man. But that's hey, supposed you, to be good luck for you. So you break a leg, so you don't. <laughs> I guess it didn't work. Didn't I'm work in his case. I'm pretty sure he had it elevated on top of a, a goose down pillow filled with hundred dollar bills. <laughs> yeah, I think he'll be okay. Yeah. Well, you know, I'm glad he's better and he's back at it. So. All right, so um, let's get to uh, the weekend box office, and I'm going to give you the top ten films this this past weekend. Uh, at number ten, you had The 100-Foot Journey, still in top ten. That's pretty good. Number nine, we have The Giver. Number eight, we have The November Man. Um, number seven, If I Stay. Uh, six, The Drop. Five, Let's Be Cops. Four, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Dang, that's still up there getting that money. Number three is Gardens of the Galaxy, uh, still holding strong with 305 uh, million total gross. Uh, two is Dolphin Tail 2 uh, with 15 million. And number one is uh, No Good Deed with 24 million. It, I believe it's the first film, uh, I think, isn't it the, the first film to break... Uh, Guardians of the Galaxy is uh, rain, I believe, since it come out. If uh, don't quote me on that, but I, I believe so. So uh, congratulations to Idris Elba and Taraji P Henson. But uh, yeah, they got it. So number one. So that's pretty cool. Yeah, man. Um, <laughs> this weekend uh, coming out, we have uh, four significant films. We have the film The Maze Runner. Uh, this is the comedy. This is where I left. I leave you. I'm sorry. Uh, the Kevin Smith film Tusk. And yes, we have uh, yet another action film. 
by Liam Neeson called A Walk Among the Tombstones. Uh, also starring Dan Stevens. You may know him from Downton Abbey. Uh, so I think I want to go once again with aging an aging um, action star, uh, Liam Neeson. Um, a Walk Among Tombstones. So, Yardy, what do you think about this film? Well, I watched the trailer um, earlier, and it seems pretty cool. Um, what I'm wondering about, is this movie PG-13, or they're going the R-rated route? You know? You know what? It's I don't think it... The last time I looked, I didn't think it was rated yet. But I have to believe it's Liam Neeson kicking ass. It gotta be R, right? I don't know, man. A lot of his movies are PG-13, man, to be honest. Like, a lot of the ones that... I've seen trailers for and things like that. They end up being PG-13. Um, I don't know, man. Lots of times I think now, especially in the age of downloading and things like that, I think what they're trying to do is bring in a larger audience via younger people. And and granted, you know, young people go in R-rated movies. You know what I'm saying? But I think that they, uh, a lot of times these days, they're expanding uh, the audience or the appeal. So I don't know, man. I, I would not be surprised if it's PG-13. But looking at the trailer, I would hope that it's rated R because it looked pretty cool. I don't know. Le- Liam Neeson, uh, just looking at you is almost an R rating. <laughs> 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 you know, for, uh, you know in, in, the, in these movies, you know, he doesn't really have much expression or whatever. It's just you know he's going to kick somebody's ass. Man, no, no doubt. But it's almost like the age of the of the veteran actor because you know you have him; he's still kicking out action movies. 62. I know. And then you've got you know Denzel coming up next week with the Equalizer, which also looks like it's going to be a phenomenal flick. I'm definitely going to see that. So, man, hey, you know Stallone yeah. and everybody else are still putting it down. So, hey, why not, man? Oh yeah. It's like now, what what age range is? Where's uh, Denzel? What's he? Do you know? Ooh, I don't know. You know, I, I wouldn't be surprised. I'll look it up right now. But he might, he has to be in his 60s. So he yeah. is 59. Okay. 59 cool. years old. See, well, that just goes, I mean, it just goes to show the old saying is that, you know, things improve with age. Uh, no doubt, man. <laughs> I'm getting, I'm not, I ain't getting older. I'm getting better. Including your pocketbooks. There you go. There you yeah, go. man. It's all good, man. But yeah. uh, oh, go ahead, kid. There. So, so, does this seem like a movie you guys would want to see? Walking on the Tombstones. Oh yeah, yeah. I can definitely dig it, man. I enjoyed what I saw in the trailer. So, you know, hey, I think I might have to check it out. I mean, it really looks like it's good, and I would probably be disappointed if it wasn't R-rated, considering some of the stuff that they revealed in the trailer. But the action looks like it's going to be pretty intense, and the uh, seems like it's going to be kind of you know dramatic edge on your seat type stuff so i can dig that man yeah it kind of reminds me of that mel gibson flick uh, a couple of years ago um where he was like a father out for revenge or something like that he had that bad uh that bad new england accent (laughs) (laughs) yeah i know what you're talking about i can't think of the name of it right now yeah like edge of darkness or something like that i'm have me looking this but uh yeah, so it, it kind of had put me in that kind of mode. Well, now, like I said, now the the like the this next film there, the this one, Liam Neeson coming out, kind of the trailer. It looks a little bit like a darker version of 
of Taken. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Which, you know, there's a Taken 3, by the way. Oh, yeah. Yeah. For real? Yeah, <laughs> he finished a, it, too. Favorite. Yeah, he already finished it. Yeah. Wow. Now, in those movies, I haven't really checked out any of those, but the first movie was about his daughter, right? Yes, 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 and, yes. But now, was the second movie a play off of the same theme, or was somebody else taken, and he's his, taking a job? It was like his daughter and his wife, something like that, was taken. Uh, oh, so basically, like, this was something kind of like revenge of the events that happened. I mean, revenge of the events that happened in the first movie or something? Yeah, it was like the brother of the guy that he killed, you know, was trying to get revenge, and then he ended up getting done in or something like that. <laughs> it, was, it was real silly. I mean, it was, it was real silly. I, I didn't like the sequel as much as I liked the first uh, one. Well, you know? I like the, the one line when he was talking to him on the phone. It's like in the, fir- in, in, the orig- in the first, in the Taken, where he's like going, I have a special set of skills. I will find you, and I will kill you. I was like, oh. <laughs> now, didn't they kind of play off of that same thing in those Die Hard movies? Because it wasn't like Die Hard 2, like the brother of the guy who died in Die Hard 1? Yeah, Die Hard 3, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. Like okay, something like yeah. that. All right. All right, so um, those are the movies that are coming out. And, uh, you know, if you guys if you guys like what you, you see, please go to our, our website or go to Facebook forward slash spotlight Hollywood edition and tell us what you think. So, um, hello, Zach. Yo, hey, how you doing? Everybody, uh, our guest tonight is Zach Santiago. How are you doing, man? I'm great. Great. How are you guys doing? How's the show going? Oh, really good, man. We're, we're excited to have you on. No, it's my pleasure. Now, you, uh, uh, you're from Canada, right? That is correct. Okay. Uh, so what part of Canada are you from, man? I'm in Vancouver right now. I'm, I'm uh, originally from the East Coast. Oh, okay. Uh, it's, it's funny, too, because we recently interviewed an actor... Um, uh, Peter Benson, and uh, he was from Vancouver, and we were talking about how there's a lot of great uh, Vancouver actors that are in the business there. Yeah, there, there, there are. We're pretty fortunate, and I think anybody that's trying to um, make any film or television work here, whether it's you know, indigenous stuff or, or American or international stuff, they, they find there's a pretty great pool of, of actors to draw from, and, and really strong crews in Vancouver, too. It's a good place to work. Yeah. Now we're, we're going to get heavy into uh, your career and your your stint on Hell on Wheels and whatnot. But uh, I wanted to, we always like to start off from the beginning. So, um, so when you first decided you want to become an actor, uh, what age were you? Um, I think I was uh, like uh, early, er, early to mid like mid twenties, maybe like twenty two or twenty three. I think. Oh, so it was like later, later in life. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah, I was never really, um, uh, it was never really a thought of mine. I was kind of on uh, just into other stuff for, for many years, and then just I just thought I'd try acting. Because <laughs> you were in music, right? 
That's right. I've been in music when I when I was young. I was uh, I did a bit of dance, uh, and then I've always been into music my whole life, and um, and fine arts, and then I guess sort of um, writing kind of stuff. Just messing around. I think always trying to tell a story one way or the other, and I think um, acting. I don't know if it really occurred to me, um, and, and then when I did try it later, I just I loved the expression that was there, uh, and. Um, and then I just kind of pursued it. I just was excited by it, but so I went for it. I just I don't think I realized early on that that um, that I would have that same sort of creative feeling from it as I was getting from other things I was doing. Now, now you were a radio DJ in Canada, uh, and so what kind of music did you get known for playing? Uh, I, I was I, I kind of really popped off first doing hip hop music. Um, you know, and, and do some, a lot of club stuff. I still, I still do a lot of club work, DJ club work. Um, but I was always into underground culture too, so I was into house music, stuff like that. So, but hip hop, probably the hip hop scene is where I first popped out doing with, with all the clubs. And then um, I would do house stuff, and I was into producing some house music. And um, and then I really like like a lot of Latin music, and I like dance hall stuff. I like Caribbean stuff, and um, yeah, so I, I think I think now I look at music as uh, and DJ stuff as like, I think there's just good music and bad music, and there's such a so many blends and mashups, and people kind of have an open mind for music now. They just they like anything that that makes them move. I think so. I I'm into everything. I think that's definitely awesome. It's always great to be able to have an opportunity to do different things and. The fact that you're able to do your music, which is obviously something that you had an early passion in, and also being able to transition in doing uh, film and television, man, that's kind of got to be a good feeling, man. Like, you've been blessed with a, a lot of opportunity throughout all, all different stages of your life, man. That's cool. Yeah, I know it really has been a blessing, and I, I'm so grateful um, that I get to work with and continue to work with, with um yeah, with music, with art, with film, you know, I still write, you know, I still dance, you know, I, uh, I just, yeah, I'm, I'm very, very grateful. Uh, have you ever had the opportunity or have you been into like more of the artistic side as far as like, um, you know, painting or drawing? Do you, do you do any things uh, in that medium as well? I used to, when I was young, I did for sure. That's, that was kind of one of my first, I did music and fine art was probably the first two mediums that I was that I was into lots of painting lots of sculpture um, and um, and then I got into like playing in bands when I was in high school and um, and then um, and then and I was always kept doing music then I got into kind of DJ stuff and then then started acting and then I was in a rap group for a while and got into radio and um, but yeah fine art was definitely like when I was when I was a boy when I was a child I was just drawing and painting and just in a corner somewhere just um in my head you know oh cool now you know we had on billy wickman uh who was also a character on hell on wheels he played um heckard one of u.s marshall's uh kind of crony friends and you know he's into freestyling and things like that and he was telling us that there is a kind of a underground thing going on you know in canada with people who like to rap and hip-hop and things like that and you know it kind of piqued kente and i's curiosity so uh are you involved with like any of the underground uh uh rap music in uh in canada yeah 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 i am i uh yeah billy's billy's a dope guy um and 
and uh, I know him from out here doing like um, doing some freestyle nights. And I know I uh, mentioned earlier, Peter. You guys were talking about Peter Pence, also a wicked dude. Him and his uh, him and his wife are really great um, young independent filmmakers, wonderful people, great actors from here. But uh, music wise, yeah, I was in a group called AMP, which was a rap group um, um, with a dude named Flip Out, who's a pretty big mixtape DJ in Canada, um, and he's 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 still does a mix show for the beat 94.5 which uh, is like it's the top mix show I think in the country and um, I do some stuff for that station sometimes on remotes and things like that I've just been busy with the film but um, Phil and I flip out um, we were in this rap group for a bit we had like we had like a minor hit on the radio and we you know we did recorded a couple of EPs and an album and um, we were really into that for a second but it's just hard you know trying to be trying to push anything as an independent artist or you're trying to push out records or you're trying to make independent film or or shoot things you know you it's it's like throwing stuff against the wall so if you're trying to do a lot of these things and you're pulling money from from your from your from money that you're making from your artwork it's all it's sometimes hard to keep keep pushing these dreams and you evolve as artists and now we're more into like script writing but we're really into into hip-hop and underground hip-hop and and uh, yeah, that was that was a big part of my life for a few years was um, doing rap shows and you know being on stage. We've you know we've been on stage with all kinds of dudes, you know Mob Deep and Ludacris, and uh, you know we opened for a Jay Z concert here, and we had a lot of a lot of fun over the years with with hip hop music for sure. Now, are you are you in touch with the battle scene out there? Because you know King of the Dot is real big in Canada. Have you been to any of the shows or know anybody affiliated with it? Yeah, yeah, um, it is it is big for sure. Um, yeah, we've got some, we've got a lot of kids out here that are like the hip hop scene in Vancouver is pretty cool. I'm I'm coming from the generation when Swollen Members and the Rascals and um, you know All About Us crew and some of the legendary Canadian guys that have gone on to win Juno Awards, which is like a Canadian uh, Grammy, I suppose. Um, kind of some of the original hip hop dudes or Maestro Fresh West from back in the day. Like these, these are my homies. Um, but um, uh, now, nowadays, uh, yeah, you got some, uh, you got some kids out here that are doing it. Um, I just find everything kind of changes, and and I'm not really as into the um, the underground hip hop scene of Vancouver as much right now as I used to be. I've kind of over the years gotten in a little more to, you know some other cities and and um maybe a lot of electronic music and stuff okay. but it's just a young it's a young it's a young man's it's a young man's game now don't tell that to common <laughs> that's right <laughs> yeah no that's true no he's he's still real that's for sure that's for sure now, with your music, I mean, do you just play one entrance instrument, a bunch of different ones? Uh, or and if you play more than one, what's your favorite? I grew up playing classical piano, so I did like Royal Conservatory, all that stuff with piano. Um, but then I couldn't really rock out. My first band was like doing Neil Young covers, playing the piano, and I just what really would wanted to rock out a little more. So I I, I bought some some secondhand drums and taught myself to drum and just played in garage bands in high school and, and was in, in the indie scene. And I really got into that for a long time. I was happy doing that. I played in a band called the Dirt Mitts, which was a West Coast band. And then I I had a indie record label called Neffer Records. We had a couple of indie bands signed to us that made some moves. And um, and, and I was 
I was really into that. And then I got into the hip hop scene. So I left drum drumming behind, like kit drumming. Um, but I also play a box drum called a cajon, which is it's pretty familiar in flamenco music. Um, um, a lot of jazz groups will use it. You see, it's a it's a drum that you sit on, and it's got snares inside it, and you adjust the, the strength, of, the tightness of the wood on the front of it. So it sounds almost like a drum kit, depending where you hit it. Because um, I, I studied flamenco for many years as a dancer, and then I've played in a kind of a flamenco jazz group out out here in BC for for a long time. And so I still play that. Um, but I think after all this time, and the, you know the I just love the piano. I just love the sound of the keys. I think that's my favorite. Oh, man. Now, it's very interesting, like, with you having, you know, so many skills and so many things on your plate. You know, when we had Billy on, he said that he's been kind of sticking his toe in the area of stand-up comedy, man. Uh, when are we going to hear you on the comedy track, man? <laughs> yeah, I, I I want to. I, I, I've done so much comedy, like, acting-wise over the years, and people say think I'm funny sometimes. I, I don't know if I could... I don't know. I don't know. It's it's a one thing to to um, read what a writer's written in comedy and get out and film or or do theater that's like funny, um, or just freestyling with your homies and being funny. And another thing to get up on stage as a, as a comic. And I've never tried that, um, but I, but I wouldn't mind it. Um, maybe I should do that. You know, you're right. Maybe I should try that. I got a buddy of mine. Um, I boxed most of my life, and a a, a guy that um, I fought with many years ago. Um, his name is Shlomo McPeak. He does a lot of stand-up stuff, and um, I always wonder if I could do that. So, yeah, you know, maybe that's some, maybe that's the next thing you're going to see me on. Dude, you're a renaissance <laughs> dude, man. I mean, shoot, they, you are. You, have you written your uh, memoir yet, man? Well, I, uh, I, you know what? I've actually written it. I've put it. Um, I've written a, a kind of a feature based on a few years of, of my life, and. Um, and that's something that we've gone back and forth with um, over the years, try, you know, trying to get it made. And we've come close in Canada, you know, with some support from Telefilm Canada and, and some private investment. And, you know, we all, we've almost made it. So you, you might see an indie film, which will be kind of that story. There's some, some interesting things along my years, you guys, some, some pretty dark stuff and some fun stuff. So hopefully I can turn it into a feature one day. I, uh, if not, maybe it'll be maybe it's better on the stand-up comedy stage. I want to hear them backstage stories. That's what I want to. I know there's got to be some <laughs> <No>. great ones. <laughs> well, there's a, so there's some good ones. That's for sure. Yeah, that's autobiogra- autobiographical. Uh, yeah, that'll be that'll make for a good read. <laughs> yeah. Uh, now, um, now you've been acting for quite a while. Uh, was it hard to, to break into uh, the Vancouver um, actor scene, or or was it something that you found um, relatively with ease? Because I would imagine there are probably not a lot of Zach Santiago's out there. You guys, with, with your yeah, skill set. Well, and I, sorry. That's what your skill set. Yeah, 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 yeah. You're right. Thank you. And um, um, yeah, I. I uh, yeah, I, I think it, I'm not sure if it was hard or easy. I just think I've always, I kind of came from more of like a hustler kind of a mindset with everything, more of a kind of a street mentality. And I've always just kind of gone after whatever I've, I've wanted to go after. And I think knowing now what I know about the film business and, you know, even about, yeah, just about the business even of, of, 
of getting an agent and training and getting into a room and, and doing auditions and, and that lottery. I mean, I, I don't know if I would even think of trying it. It's pretty, it's pretty ruthless, but I think I just applied. I just came at it from a real hustler viewpoint. I just was like, oh, I'm going to do it, you know, and I, I didn't really have a lot of training. I tried to train. I thought, okay, I'm going to try acting. And I tried to train. And then I was like, ah, oh, this is, I don't get these dudes. And I just had some friends who had an agent like, well, come and I'll introduce you to my agent. And, and they gave me a shot. And I just went to auditions without really knowing what to do. And I kind of learned how to act and how to audition by doing it. And then I eventually got a gig at another one. I just learned from watching and I would just be quiet on set and watch actors and watch camera people. And then, you know, by the grace of God, just somehow I tricked people over enough time until I actually knew what I was doing. And, um, and then I, I just kept working. And now I'm at a place where I've gone back to the acting studio to study theater and to really learn about, you know, a lot of the things in the theory that I might've missed at the beginning that a lot of other actors start with. And, um, I just, uh, I really love it. I think that's my next, my next, um, journey is to do theater, you know, and do some really, some of that stage stuff. I'm really into it right now, but yeah, I think it was hard to break into. I just didn't realize it was hard. So I, that's how, that's the only reason I had any luck doing it is because I didn't know how impossible it is to, to make it as an actor. Oh man, you know, I, I should, you know, I, I'm kind of with you on that front. I should probably have a tattoo that says fake it till you make it because I've, <laughs> I, I've gone, I, I've gone that, that route too. And sometimes, um, you know, ignorance is bliss because sometimes people are successful when they don't know any better, you know, uh, right. it happens that it happens that way a lot of times in sports as well. So when you don't know better, sometimes you're almost at an advantage. Yeah, because you don't you don't go in I with agree. any pre preconceived ideas or anything of of what they're wanting or you just go in and do it. And they're like, yeah, that was natural. That was what we're looking for. And you didn't know any better, but <laughs> it turned out that's what they wanted. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I agree. Sports or, or yeah, film business, music business, hell, anything, anything you want to do. If you look at how how daunting and how difficult it is, you know, you guys do a great radio show. I mean, I've worked in radio. It's not easy to do radio. It's not easy to do anything to put a prop to develop something or produce like something of quality that works. It's if you think about how impossible it is and what it takes to do anything properly, it's almost hard to get out of bed. So I think you just gotta, you just gotta do what you want to do and not get caught up in in the, the yeah the the overwhelming, the uh, impossibility of it. You just gotta you know follow your heart and work as hard as you can and and um, as long as you're happy and as long as you think you you, you know you're using your voice, then I think that's what it's got to be about. Hey, over your career, one of the things that we also like to ask our guests, uh, we talk about family and friends. Uh, did your family or your friends um, kind of give you a lot of support along your way? Because um, we found that doing these shows and, you know, interviewing a lot of actors, you know, the overwhelming majority, majority of them say that family played a big part in their success and their drive to keep doing what they're doing because, you know, acting you know, it is it is definitely hard. You know, you have to have fortitude. There are going to be times that there are going to be things that are parts that you might want that you might not get. And sometimes when you get knocked down, you have to keep getting back up. So is there any type of support base that you've drawn upon throughout your career? I mean, I'm 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 really close to my family right now. And I, I'm so I just I, I I think a lot of people think this way, but I think I have the best family in the world and I, I love them. You know, I um 
but there was, you know, there's years where I wasn't in touch with any of them. You know, I just, I, I spent a few years as a young man, just like doing, doing some different stuff and figuring some stuff out, you know, on my own. And, and um, I actually, um, although I, you know, my parents like supported me doing art and I was sort of one of these creative children. Um, when it came down to it as a, as a young man and as a teenager, like pursuing a life of, of you know, being an actor or an artist was definitely not an option or supported. Um, and I think maybe that's where some of the, you know, rebel, you know, being a rebelliousness came out of, you know, so I didn't know I didn't get any support. And, um, and then I, when I did mention at one point that I was going to try to be an actor, um, it was just like, well, you'll never make it. And that was the end of that conversation. We never, there's, you know, no, I actually, um, and I didn't know theater people, you know, I knew like club people and street people and these mm -hmm. kinds of people and, you know, box boxers. So for me doing acting, the one person who supported me was, um, was my girl, my wife, she supported me and, uh, she, you know, she was like, you're an artist, you can do it. You've always been an artist and, uh, do it. And, um, once I got a first couple of gigs, um, we had a bad accident, um, well, she did and she passed away and, um, and then I guess just like thinking of her and just her being my angel from that time as being my support. And of course, then once I broke it a bit and had a bit of success, then everybody supports you, right? And everyone's mm -hmm. proud of you. But definitely, um, definitely getting into it was like, it was just all me. It was just all me. You know? Oh, and, man. Um, and, 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 and her at home just going, you can do it, you know? Yeah. Now, you know what? That, that goes to show your character, though, because sometimes you know you're able to push forward is actually having the notion and the ability to take that leap you know to jump and that's half the battle of you know taking a chance and i've kind of found out sometimes you know in my life as well that sometimes when you're in a position where all you have is you it actually builds your character and makes you a stronger person moving forward man so hey man i commend you for pushing forward and now you're doing your thing man yeah thank you yeah yeah 100 percent. you know you gotta yeah at the end of the day you know no one's coming for you you know there's no one coming to save you there's no you know knight on a white horse coming you it's it, it is all you at the end of the day like no matter what you're doing you know in your sports or your artwork or anything you're trying to work on it's good it's going to be you and people are going to be proud of you or there's going to be haters or people are not going to understand you or or people are hopefully going to really support you and nurture you and you know um, collaborate with you, but at the end of the day, it is you. So you gotta, you're the one who's gotta do it. You gotta get up, you gotta fight, and you gotta, you gotta push through everything. And, and, uh, and then if things pop for you, then, then, then you gotta love yourself and thank yourself and give yourself credit for it too. And, and, uh, you know, be proud of yourself. So, yeah. Now, I noticed in your uh, early work, you're credited as uh, Zach. Uh, please forgive me if I'm saying this wrong. Alam, was that your uh, your uh, your name when you were in the rap group? Yeah, yeah, that, yeah. That was the name actually. And when I was in my rock and doing uh, rock music and and this and that, yeah. Is Zach Alam? Yeah. Oh, okay. No, um, and then at some point, I noticed that you you just you went to Zach Santiago. What uh what made you uh, stop using that name and just go to straight Zach Santiago? Well, the, my name was just you know it's just a long name, so my first name is just, you know it's just a long name, and I just used the three words for a while, and then when I was doing more DJ stuff, I just had. You know, first part of my name, Zach Santiago, and then once I started doing some stuff with MTV, then I was using still my music name, and then my my 
full name for acting. And sometimes when you're doing acting credits, they're going to put, you know, at the beginning of the career, you know, they're going to just write whatever. Not They're not going to put the full name because it's too long for their screen or they don't want to, you know what I mean? So they're, things get credited differently. Um, I don't know. Things get pulled out of wherever. I don't know where I'm, IMDb starts. I mean, I had a spouse on there that... I've never met before, you know, I mean, not every, don't, you know, you can't always believe everything you read. So, um, now everything is how it should be. Um, and, uh, that's, that's, you know, that's my name, Zach Santiago. That's my name. Um, and, uh, yeah. So I, I just, most of my stuff is going to be credited like that. And when I DJ or do any appearance, but, um, it was, Zach Santiago alum for a while and if they didn't put that full thing at the beginning they might have dropped the Santiago and then they might have had all three and then now I just put the two you know for a while everyone was the three word name and putting their middle name or their you know their full first name or whatever and then they changed it and some people only have one name on there mm -hmm. you know some actors are just one name so I don't know now um did you were you happy with the roles that you were being offered because you know a lot of for a lot of us uh, minorities when we get offered roles sometimes it can be stereotypical or maybe just stuff you don't feel comfortable doing what about during your career have you felt like you had an opportunity to play a wide range of uh, actors i mean uh parts i'm sorry yeah i yeah no i've 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 been so lucky that i've been able to play like ethnically and um you know, also what what um, what these characters are doing, or the protagonists or antagonists, or they're you know maybe a cop or a, a doc. I've played brain surgeons. I've played uh, gang members. I've played you know you know nine eleven hijacker. I've played you know Mexican banditos on Hell on Wheels. I've played I've played all kinds of all kinds of different characters, and um, and it's been great. Um, I have said no to some parts i mean if some things seem misog too misogynistic that i mean listen it, stories need to be told right so there's good guys and bad guys and everything you know i, I played a a, a a pedophile father in a couple episodes of a tv show but it, it you know you need to have like you know the stories that need to be told right and sometimes mm -hmm. not every character is savory in a story but then there's other projects where you read them and um there's a there's, it's just disparaging or it's just like it seems a little bigoted or you know in the writing it doesn't it's unnecessary to to have like some ethnic group speak away or a woman speak away or you know some things are you know f for the sake of not you know just and I don't want to do anything like that you know if I don't feel good about it if it's not if it's not furthering to an end or telling a story about anything you know I then yeah I've I've said no to a few things but um I've played a lot of bad guys. Like I said, I've played a pedophile. I played a 9-11 hijacker. I've played a rapist, you know, but that was part of the story that, that I could live with, but knowing that that, that character's got to be in there for that story to be told, and it's a good story. It's an important story. So, um, But, yeah, I'm really happy I can play. I can play. I've been able to play a lot of really complex and different characters, and that, I think, for an actor, is the, that's the ultimate joy that you don't get stereotyped or typecast as one one character for your whole career. And and congratulations and big ups to you for doing that because, you know, I, I like the idea that, you you know, there's things that you wouldn't do. You, you're not just going to jump on any train, you know. <laughs> so And I know times get hard out there, too, you know, a working actor and all. So I, I, I like that, that you said no to things that you didn't feel was right. 
Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, sometimes it is hard. And, yeah, like, you know, we're, we're, we all got to eat. You know, we all got to eat, man. And you got some good years and you got some bad years. and Or you just, something looks good and maybe it'll be something a lot of people see or there might be a nice check. But, yeah, sometimes you got to, you got to maintain a bit of integrity, you know, otherwise then we're just, we're just jumping when they say jump, you know, and we gotta, we gotta be more than puppets. I think if, if we can in this world. Oh man. Well, you know, JJ Abrams might have a position in the next star Wars for a, pedophile hijacking rapist so, <laughs> so 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 if they give you if they give you that call man you might want to take that man. Yeah. well you know he does he does good stuff you know and yeah. uh, like i said if the writing's there then i'm, I'm down as long as it's not jar jar binks i'm down <laughs> now Poor see that, we're trying to get ahmad best on man so i'm gonna play that clip like no anybody but you brother but yeah Oh, that, that's cool, man. I, I definitely uh, commend you on that front because that's something that Kente and I talk about all of the time because we know that the entertainment business in general has a lot of work to do, you know, on the front, you know, with, you know, with dealing, you know, with diversity and, you know, not necessarily just on the acting end, but, you know, with directing and things like that, because I actually saw an article not too long ago and I had posted it on Twitter and they were still saying that, you know, over this last year, I think they said that as far as like the production and directorial side of things, they were saying that, you know, minority males like this past year only made up like, you know, 12%, you know, of, of things on that side of production. So, uh, you know, we got to get it in when we can, man. Yeah, sure. yeah I, I agree. I agree, and it's funny now that the, the PC police are, are, you know, really they're really working overtime now on productions. And back in the day, you know, I've, I've played so many Hispanic gangsters, you know, Latino gangsters, and my homies, my, you know, my, my black homies, they've always, you know, they played so many bad dudes. And now it's like if we go to a show, they they'll never, they can never they won't cast anybody as like they won't cast a Latin dude or a black dude as like the pimp or the thug or the bad guy anymore if the leads are. Are, are Caucasian or white people because yeah. now it's like you can't have the bad guys being that minority. So now now it's like we don't, the minorities, we don't even get the bad guy roles anymore. <laughs> we're, still, we're, not, we're, not the, we're still not getting the quarterback roles, you know? We're still not getting, so it's like, we, we, I love it that they're being politically correct now, but come on, you know, give us, you know, we got it. You're taking our paychecks from us. You, know, you got to put us in somewhere. So, yeah, but it has changed in my career. I've seen like um, the percentages that we have at some, um, still not where it needs to be, you know, for, to represent like the demographics of, you know, of, of the U S and Canada and, and, of, and of Europe or wherever these stories are taking place. It's, um, it's still interesting, but, uh, we've come a long way and, uh, there's still a lot more farther to go about the people behind the doors that are calling the shots and, and the characters that are represented on, on screen. Yeah. Until one day it kind of looks like what we see when we walk out of our house every day. Hopefully that'll happen in our lifetime. Now, now before we get to Hell on Wheels, uh, there's a couple of projects that uh, that you've worked on that I definitely want to get to. Now, I, I see that you've worked with the uh, Battlestar Galactica franchise in both the Caprica series and you did the uh, Battlestar uh, Galactica Blood and Chrome. But uh, um, first, I want to ask you about what did you think of the whole Battlestar Galactica franchise and 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 how was it working on Caprica then Blood and Chrome? Um, I I you know I loved it. I've been a fan of Edward James almost since um, 
since Miami, uh, Miami Vice. I mean, that, I, I loved that show when I was a kid. Like, I, that was like, you know, Michael Mann was doing some dope stuff, and I, I loved that. So when he was doing Battlestar, I wanted to get on that show, and, and I had some homies on it. I never got on that show, and, and um, the original Battlestar, not the original, original one, but, I mean, the, the remake in the, in the 2000s. Uh-huh. Um, my friend Tom O'Panikit was on that, and Candace McClure, and, you know, some, and, it, and a lot of people you know, popped off from being on that show because it did so well. Um, so when Caprica came around, I was excited to work on that and, and with, with the Battlestar people and, you know, some great actors to work with and great directors on the different episodes, and, and I had a blast. And then when Blood and Chrome came for the pilot, it seemed exciting to me. And, again, you know, the lead, you know, Ben Cotton was, you know, was a homie of mine, and that was, that was great to see him up in there and so many great... Um, so many great actors there. I thought the concept was great, and it, and the character I was playing was different. And I, and I thought he'd be around for a while because he's always in that that home base, you know, for all the pilots to come back to. And um, yeah, I was hoping that would get some legs, you know. Um, but I had a great time. I think it's. I, I just think they're all great shows. You know, they've all they're all. I didn't do the first one, but I watched it. And Caprica, I really enjoyed it. And yeah, Blood and Chrome was fun too. So. Yeah, I was really pulling for that series to to pop off, but unfortunately it didn't. So, but yeah, uh, yeah. Um, and then also too in the the, the Caprica series, I actually I thought that was uh, better because I I didn't watch it till after it went off, and um, I had, you know I heard mixed reviews, but I really liked it. S. Um, Morales was on there, and uh, Eric Stoltz had, had a great cast, and I thought it was really good actually. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, it was different. Great it was actors. so different. I think that's what people, you know, I don't know. People don't always let you change up the game, you know. <laughs> you know, and I like that. So. Exactly. It was a little cerebral and that that might have that might have affected it. I don't know. I mean, some yeah, exactly. Some people love it, but if sometimes if there's you got to find the balance, I guess, if depending on the fan base, you know, the fan base is everything, you know, and with a lot of great sci-fi stuff and and um yeah, I I think it's tricky trying to make sure that you 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 have something that the fans can get into, get behind, but that's not too, just asking too much of them to try to piece too much together sometimes when you're telling the story. So it, for some people, it can get too much to follow, I think. I don't know. And I like Capture though. And it's pretty interesting because kind of the piggyback off of what we were talking about in the segment before where we were referring to you, you were saying about being typecast and the PC police, because I noticed that another one of the films that you were in was traffic. And I always laugh when I watch that movie because I'm like, you know, good and damn well, that white girl didn't just have to go to the hood to get drugs. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I'm like, dude, that, I mean, like all the, you know, the banging stuff, you know, that's out in the burbs. So that, that kind of, kind of irked me because it kind of, you know, just remembering that movie and that you were in it. And I, I used to hate that part of the movie. I'm like, really? Like, is that, you know what I mean? Like, you don't have to. You, be in the series, though. you, were you in don't the, have to go there. Yeah. Yeah. You yeah. were in the TV series, though. Right. Oh, you were in the series. I was in the. Yeah, I wasn't in the Paul oh. Haggis. Yeah, I was in the series. Oh, okay. I was in the, okay. In the TV series. Yeah. Mark oh, okay. Donovan. Oh, okay. But okay. that film, though, yeah, that film, yeah, my buddy Mike Pena was was the young cop in that, and um, he did such a great role. And um, yeah, that that. But I know what you mean, and that's like sometimes you, yeah, that that's not reality. That you'd be heading there to. <laughs> but but let me tell you what is reality you playing prince henry in once upon a time man uh you, that was pretty great man you got a little bit of a stint with uh with rose mcgowan there man 
Yeah, she's cool. She's a cool chick, and uh, what a beautiful show. Um, that was fun. Uh, I yeah, wish I was. Yeah, oh. and I was hoping I would. I had more time with her that we'd come back too. Because I thought, okay, I'm going to marry Rose now. That's cool. They got to come back and check up on us. Um, but so far, yeah. so far they haven't. So. <laughs> One of the things that was awesome about that show is actually the you know kind of like Hell on Wheels, and that they have a real great costume department. Man, you were really pimped out with that that furish uh, cape on there in the beginning. Oh yeah, uh, yeah, I love that. I mean, I really get off on that on that stuff. Um, um, they are incredible designers on that show, and and just the costumes and the set design, and um, and if you you know when you're trying to do period stuff and fantasy stuff, you, that kind of stuff, you know, if you need the budget to make something look look proper, and they they really had great attention to to that detail, and I loved what he was wearing. I I try to keep stuff. I ask from the designers if I can hold on to pieces like. Mm-hmm. Even if I can't wear them in my everyday life, because I'm just a fan of, the, of of that, and um, yeah, I really liked wearing that stuff. And everybody at that ball, you know, dancing, and it, it was it was beautiful. Do you know how to waltz for real? Uh, well, I'm I'm a ballet dancer. I've danced okay. ballet many years, and uh, and um, so yeah, some of that, and some of the dancers there um, are actual. Some from the some from ballet dancers and jazz dancers from Vancouver that I know from the dance scene. So it's cool when I can come through on shows and 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 do some stuff and see my friends either, you know, from from the fight game or the dance world or something else. And 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 dude, I gotta I gotta stop you for a second. You are a, a rapper, a DJ, drummer, um, piano player, classical piano pianist. Uh, dancer, yeah. boxer, actor, uh, do ballet. Dang, you know, maybe the question should be, what can't you do, dude? <laughs> man, that's a lot of stuff. You are uh, I, a lot of stuff, man. I, I want to see that movie like soon. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, thanks, man. Well, good. Now I know I can I can holler at you guys when I'm trying to drum drum up some some hype for it. Um, oh, we'll yeah, be hyping I mean, the hell out of stuff. that. <clears throat> cool. That's Thanks, impressive, man. man. That's you. really impressive, man. And I mean, you're not like a 60 year old dude, you know. You're a young guy, and you got all, you know, that's pretty impressive. You, yeah, I, I mean, I like a lot of stuff. I'm into a lot of stuff. I don't know if I'm good at anything at all, but I know that I there's a lot of things I I, I do and that I try and um and uh, yeah, I'm into lots of stuff. Yeah, that's for sure. Yeah, that's that's really impressive, man. And um, and one more question too before we get to we got to get to the hell on wheels. But and I'll I'll be shot if I don't ask you about continuum. Uh, what's your experience been like uh, on continuum? Oh, it's just incredible. Uh, Simon Barry's just wonderful. I mean, he's just a you know him and his whole team of the writing team, the creative producers. They're just they're just wicked dudes. Um, and then the cast, man, it's, it's all friends. It's all great actors, you know, and Rachel's, she's a G, you know, she shepherds that show and she's just, she's brilliant, you know, she's Ivy League grad and, you know, a model and, um, but just super intelligent and a great actor and so generous with her energy and, you know, she's got to fight all day and film, you know, every day of, of every episode, you know, and Victor's great and then every supporting and recurring cast member and regular cast member all the way down they're just wonderful people and 
Um, I came on for the second and third season, and um, we still haven't heard if we're going to a fourth. Everyone's still waiting. Uh, I just saw Richard Harmon this morning, actually, at a at an audition for another project, and I saw Mari Newton last week at an audition for another one, and, you know, me and Rachel are homies, and, like, anytime I talk to anybody, it's like, have you heard? Are we coming back? And, and uh, you know, nobody knows, but it's great. Um, and being able to be one of the freelancers, um, Adrian Holmes and Terry Chan are two, like, those are my, those are homies of mine, you know, like me and Terry go way back and me and Adrian have worked together so many times over the years. And so being able to be there, my posse on this show. And it's, so it's pretty dope when you can be on a cool, cool show with your close friends. Um, that's created by people that you think are down dudes and that, you know, your leads, your, your, your top of the call sheet people are just really, really awesome people it's yeah it's a dream gig it really is now now i i have to uh we have to talk about marcos fuentes and i'm gonna um start off by saying that opening scene in that episode of hell on wheels <laughs> first of all you know uh no one knows who any of these characters are if you've watched the show right so you see three Mexican guys uh, about to hang a white cat, you know, <laughs> so, you know, so yeah. right there, you're like, whoa, what is this? <laughs> you know, like this ain't Hell on Wheels, right? Mm -hmm. And then, you know, yeah. then they pulled that okie doke and I'm thinking you're, you got killed right off in the beginning, you know, but uh, that's, that wasn't the case. So when you read that script of how the opening scene was, uh, did that draw you in right there? Yeah, it did. Um, I can't remember what I think that opening scene was was f my audition tape that we sent away. Um, I think it was just that opening scene, but I but I knew that I didn't that I either that I got shot or they took that out um, that I got shot or something. But just that opening scene was what yeah that was what I read and I didn't have the script yet and I just I thought what's happening and. Um, this is cool. Yeah, it's a bit of a, it's a bit of a, yeah, they make the escape and um, there's going to be revenge. And yeah, I was like, this is hype. This is like Sergio, Sergio Leone, Spaghetti Western. Like, I'm really into that stuff. And I was like, yeah, let me do it. Let me try to do it. And that is so I'm awesome. I'm glad it turned out well. It looks, it looks beautiful, huh? It just looks like, I mean, I'm, I know what you guys are saying. I saw it at just that opening scene. It just looks great. And it's crazy because I was definitely rooting for your character. I mean, your character, first of all, I like the threads. You know, were you able to pick your own gear uh, to wear on the show? I came right from, um, I think I was like DJing, I don't know, in what city. And then I flew right to to Calgary, Alberta, and then right from the airport to the fitting. And I think I was I had, was still up and full of vodka from wherever I was DJing. <laughs> and I got to the fitting and I was like, this is either going to suck or it's going to be awesome and i got in and you know the girls well brought out the stuff like we made this for you and this is made for you and this and as each piece i put on i just was like oh my god this is just yeah it just transported me to that to that city to cheyenne and to that time yeah. and to old mexico to juarez and it just was yeah just yeah just i didn't pick any of it they, you know they had my measurements okay. they built pieces you know Man, they did a good job, man, because those threads were banging. I just, 
my whole thing is, you know, Kente and I, like, we're always going to be on on the side of, like, you know, you know, the Mexicans, the natives and, and stuff like that. And I'm like, please let him at least put one bullet in that ass. You know what I'm saying? I'm like, please. And, and we never get, we never got that. I'm just so pissed off. Like, I can't even rewatch that because I'm like, man, if that was real life, I mean, come on. Now, I know you would have got one in. I, I Yeah. You, you had to have. Well, if that was real life, then I would have. I never would have made it away from that tree after you shot me. Down. <laughs> oh, well, right. if it was real life, you probably wouldn't have had a countdown to hang him. <laughs> Thank you. That's true. That's right. He would have been hung. That would have been it. <laughs> exactly. Well, the translation for him to have to banter with his homie. Yeah. <laughs> now, did they give you kind of a backstory? Because something that we didn't really get in the show was finding out exactly why um sydney snow was in that situation so was there something that they gave you to draw from going into that moment of trying to um to hang him because you know we were kind of left hanging on that front yeah um no i asked mark richard about that and and um we talked about it and we you know we kind of i can't remember if it was just we were just sort of um, tossing ideas back and forth, or if he told me the original idea was supposed to be this, but I think there's, like, you know, the concept that maybe Sidney Snow had messed around with with our sister, you know, with one of our, you know, with our sister. That's one of the senoritas, and that, or he'd sold us like land deeds or something that were falsified. Um, so we, he'd kind of mess with our family in a way, and that's why we'd come, you know. And then obviously he kills, and those are my brothers that he kills, the two guys in the opening scene there. So. Okay. I'm on revenge then because he's already messed with us. Maybe that senorita that he was messing with down there, that was our sister. Yeah. Maybe he ripped off our family, something like that, but something that's like blood, you know. And then he I kills my, 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 my brothers. So then I'm like, this dude's going to die. I can't die until I kill him. I've got to follow him all the way up to the train, you know, and find him. So how long I did had it... that backstory in my mind. Oh, okay. Well, how long did it take you guys to shoot the shootout sequence in Cheyenne? Was that just like it just took a, a few hours? The one in the store? Yes. In Cheyenne? Yeah. That, um, you know, it's funny. Some days, sometimes, depending on a shoot schedule, when you have stuff and you've got to get to a location, and because you're there all day, then you can spend more time doing your things. And then, you know, you've got seven days to shoot an episode of depending on what you're shooting or five of something else or 10 or something else. But then you've got a, a whole bunch of stuff on this one street or around in Cheyenne or whatever. And you've got to put way more into a day or into half a day. Um, then you, then you normally would, or then you should. So I think that day we had like a, you know, good half a day, I think for that shootout in the store. But I think, what the crew who are incredible, what they pulled off, um, most people should have been able to do film what that show was able to film and that shoot in the amount of time. I think we, we did that in less time than we would have liked. I think if my memory serves, but you know, you got the, those casts, they're just, they're gold. So when it comes time to, to shoot their close-ups or every angle, there's no question that they're not going to be like nail it every time, you know? So, um, yeah, we. I think maybe six hours, maybe, or eight hours. I can't remember, but less time than we needed. I think <laughs> we pulled it off. Oh, okay. And uh, well, I have to ask you because we talked to Peter and also Billy about this. Um, 
I know that you got an opportunity to pick your weapons out, right? You know what? No, they had those guns for me already. I mean, oh, we okay. talked about it, but but those those guns were special. Those those silver guns, and they kind of matched the. Um, they ordered those in for me. I actually wanted to keep. I'm a, I love guns too. I, I have a restricted firearm license, which is what you need in Canada to have, to have handguns. And you know, I've. I'm I'm a fan of like pistols and antiqu not antiquities but just nice pieces you know and mm -hmm. um, those 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 guns are really nice they're Italian and um, but yeah they were they were from the, the you know the art director and the you know the designers of the show that they they thought that's what Marcos Fuentes would have would be those pieces because they weren't they were from a noble family in Mexico so yeah. Um, they were sweet. Yeah, he was man. a pimping character for sure. Yeah, yeah, they were really sweet, man. And that's this kudos go to their department, man. They always seem to nail it when it comes to the look and the feel of everything. And I was like, man, I want that gun, man. Didn't they have like ivory handles or something? Exactly. <coughs> it was like silver plating and yeah. Yeah, I'd, I'd, I'd be, kind I'd of be like trying to sneak it. off the set with those. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, they probably look at one look at me and they got someone tailing me. They're going to watch that, watch that guy. You know, he's going to try to lift one of those pieces. <laughs> Fucking following an actor like me around for sure. Yeah, like, one, huh, he's got an unusual lump coming out of the side of his jacket. Let's stop him. He's got, he's got the gun. <laughs> right, right, wait a minute. <laughs> yeah. Wait a minute. Yeah. <laughs> now, to go through the airport security. No, it's just, it's just a prop, sir. <laughs> it does, it doesn't work. It's a prop. Yeah. You know? <laughs> Yeah, they still probably wouldn't believe you. Now, no, they was it, was it on your? It was being in a western on your actor's bucket list. I love that you asked that because yes, westerns are my favorite favorite genre, and um, I love them. And all I've ever wanted to do is do a western. I'd prefer to do like a wonderful movie or a whole TV series. But if even I can get on for a second and play a character on one episode on a great Western like like Helen Wheels. It was a dream for me. I've acted in tons of stuff. I've never been able to do a Western. So it was at the top of my list, very top. So so you get to mark that off your bucket list then? Yep, 100%. Yeah. I think you've, you've marked a lot of things off that bucket list of, uh, of accomplishments. But uh, uh, one cool thing as being somebody who is in the hip-hop game um, I know that he wasn't in that episode, but he was in the following episode. Uh, I can only imagine that Common uh, must have been a someone that you like from the hip hop game. Was there any kind of uh, did you did you see him at all? Because uh, I know he was doing fittings during that shooting. Were you able to meet him at all while you were doing it? He was somebody that I've always looked as an MC and a lyricist. I, I've always you know thought he was dope, and um, before I ever knew that he was an actor or maybe before he knew he was going to be an actor or maybe I'm mistaken. Maybe he's been doing lots of acting all his whole time, but I only knew him as an MC and I was a fan. And then when I got to see him act, I, I thought, okay, that's dope because the guy can act too. And sometimes people you like from maybe they might be an athlete or they might be a singer or a rapper or, and then they, they, they try doing something else and you're like, well, I still love you because you know, you, you know, you're the bomb, but I, but you can't, you sh you're not really, you're not really killing it with this new thing that you're trying out. But he, you know, then when I saw him act, he was great. So um, I was so stoked. And then and then I read the script, and he's not in it. Um, 
but when I got set on one day I was shooting at lunch, yeah, he was there. He was uh, had been in for fitting, so I got a quick chat with him, and I just, you know, like, yo, man, I'm I'm a DJ. I've been bumping your stuff for a long time. I'm, you know, I'm into hip hop, and I've been a fan. And uh, then I'm an actor. Obviously, I see you act. I think you're real. So I'm stoked to be on your show. It's nice to meet you. And it was like that. And he was just the coolest dude. Just super real. And then you battled him, right? Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> exactly. It. He's like, and I won. No, just playing. <laughs> no, that, that that's pretty cool, and, though. No, yeah. I could. yeah, he's he's just he's just real. He's just one hundred percent real. Nicest dude, but just just like no no PS. Yeah. Now um, we will be interviewing. Uh, it's not set. Uh, the date isn't set yet, but we'll be interviewing John. I believe you pronounce his name Scarf. Uh, that uh, who played yeah. Sid Snow, and um, what was it like working with him? I've known Jonathan for years. We worked together on a show called Jeremiah a long time ago, oh. and I think on something else. Um, but um, and I know his wife Suki, who's uh, awesome actor, but is also a, a wonderful writer. And Jonathan's dad was is quite a well known Canadian um, theater and film and TV actor, like. Iconic kind of a guy, especially from theater. So Jonathan comes from a real rich, you know, background of like real actors. Um, so I've known him, and then I didn't see him. He actually had gone off the grid for a few years with Suki and his boys. They on a sailboat. They sailed around for three years and stopped doing everything. And they were living in, I think, Bali and uh, in uh, Puerto Escondido in Mexico, and just like basically sailing, living on a sailboat and homeschooling their kids. So he auditioned for this on the sailboat. Maybe I'm telling all the stories that he should be telling when you talk to him. <laughs> but um, he got off the plane, like came up, they sailed in. He put the, I think, the audition on in Hawaii on the sailboat, and then flew it and drove. I mean, um, I think flew from Hawaii straight to Alberta, or they put the sailboat to L.A. and then flew. But he basically was coming off the ocean to Calgary, and you know, find his like, you know, he'd been on a boat, and so. Uh, my first time seeing him again was his first time kind of coming back into this thing. So it was, it was really cool to be reunited um, with him and catch up with him in a city that we're not from. And um, he's kind of just exactly the same, bright eyes and super present and just like, just like, just really fun and uh, really good actor. And, and just, yeah, he, he's just a really dope guy. Yeah, he fit right into the Hell on Wheels universe real easy, and uh, we really enjoyed it. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so we'll be looking forward to talking. Yeah, to I mean, more. yeah, what a great character, huh? What a what a kind of a how do you say? Uh, I don't know the word for him, but I mean, you don't want to like Sidney Snow at first, but then you can't yeah. help but like him. We call them assholes here in the United States, and and and, 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 and Hell yeah, on Wheels does a good job of like turning like you like the asshole, like Durant and and the Swede and everybody. They do a phenomenal job of having you so confused about what you should think about characters. Yeah, yeah, I'm looking yeah. yeah. No, go ahead, that no, takes no. great writing too, you know, to do that, right? To like create a character that you love to hate and you hate loving them. You know, uh, um, I'm looking up Jer Jeremiah. How did I miss this? This looks pretty good. It, it started Luke Perry and Malcolm Jamal Warner and Sean Astin, and it, it, it looks pretty good there. The, the right, that's the show you're talking yeah. about, Jeremiah. 
Yeah, okay. Yeah, I, I, gotta right. check. I wonder yeah. if this is on Netflix. I might have to pop. It's a post-apocalyptic film, uh, TV show. came out in 2002, and it yeah. was on for about three seasons, or two seasons. Yeah. Yeah, it was cool, man. It was. I liked it. Um, yeah, you'll recognize probably some other actors from, from, from other shows on there. Christopher Hired. You know, like Candace McClure. Yeah, yeah. Get out of here. Michael Rooker yeah. was on there, too. Oh, okay. Yeah. Oh. Check it out! Check it out! Uh, see, see, that's why I love doing these things, man. Because you always, you know, you find out things you didn't know, and you know, and all that good stuff. And I, and the thing that we were talking yeah. about, Peter, is how the the actors, especially in the Vancouver, you know, area, how like they, it's like a family, you know, like you know, he he was talking about how he knew Chayla real well, and you know, and. Billy and all these and all you guys. So uh, I like that 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 unity you guys have, and you guys speak very well of of, of each other. Yeah, I, I think um, you gotta. It's just you know the biz is so weird, and so it's either going to be um, people are envy, you know, and they're just they they kind of it, they can't even fake to to pretend they're happy to see you if you have any success or. They're the opposite, and they're like, listen, um, we're a community, you know, so let's just always kind of be happy to see each other. And when we're doing our little projects, our independent stuff, or doing stuff, we collaborate and we help each other out. And and then when we get a chance to play with each other on shows, just it's it's fun that you have yeah someone from your you know from your from your crew, you know, you click there. So it's there is a there is a kind of a nice community of actors in in in, in Vancouver. And yeah, Peter's definitely. In mine, anyways, um, I think he's awesome. Now, before we close things out and we go to rapid fire, I have to ask you about Stargate. Mm-hmm. Uh, is it is it fun doing sci-fi? I mean, because just you know, not having really knowing known you at all outside of you know doing this interview, and we've gotten to know a lot about you. It just seems to me, just like looking at the different a lot of the different characters, it seems like you would fit into a science fiction universe like in a very awesome way, man. So I hope you definitely get some parts, in, you know, with a little bit more of the uh, the sci-fi type uh, genre thing going on. Thank you. Yeah, I've. I've done a lot, um, more than I thought, um, uh, I, and I, I never think of myself as, as like any style of actor that I am, but I realize I have done over the years lots of sci-fi, and, and I enjoy all of it. Um, Stargate was cool. I, my first Stargate was SG-1, um, and uh, my homie Peter DeLuise directed these episodes, and um, I played a really funny character. And then I did Stargate Universe, and I played a Marine, yeah. And then I did, um, what's the one after that? Did it, is there one after that? No, I can't remember. I think I know Stark I did those two. Was the last one. Yeah. And Atlantis. Uh, I'm sorry. Yeah, I did, I did SG-1 in Universe, but I didn't do Atlantis, I don't think. Oh, uh, okay, because in Stargate Universe, it was actually, I loved that show, and it was way too short-lived. I, I think that, that was one of those shows that kind of made you think and it wasn't, you know, it, it, it had a, um, uh, what I want to say, kind of a, uh, a methodical approach to science fiction. And I loved it. And I hate that it, you know, that it went off the air so soon, but what did you get a chance to, um, just kind of chat with like, um, uh, Robert Carlyle, any of those people? Yeah. Yeah. I did actually with Robert Carlyle and, 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 um, his kids were there and, um, you know, and um, 
yeah, he's so such a good actor and such a nice guy. And then later, um, when I did uh, Once Upon a Time, his character Rumpelstiltskin ends up like takes my girl, you know, (laughs) (laughs) steals Rose from me. Um, And so, but yeah, so he was around there for that too. And so um, it's cool to work on two cool, like cool shows, you know, that he, that he was on. Um, Yeah. He's, yeah, he's the real deal, man. Real good actor, that guy. And, and again, like one of these people that just shepherds the rest of the cast because with their, their just positive energy. Sometimes you work on stuff, you know, you guys have probably heard this. Sometimes some of these shows, the Hell on Wheels looks dark and it looks this and that, but it doesn't mean that everybody that's there playing these characters aren't trying to make it work and make it happen with each other when the camera's not rolling. And, you know, some, it's hard to make a show like that. And if it's negative stuff around all the time, then it, then it can make it almost impossible. And, and um, Hell on Wheels has a nice vibe. People are happy to be there, you know, and the leads are cool. And that's the same thing with, like, Rachel from from um, Continuum or, or Robert Carlyle, you know, from the shows that I've, from Stargate or Once Upon a Time, like, they're, they're actors that are beyond doing a great job with, with the writing and with their acting, but they're doing a great job by making it a safe place and a, and a, and a, a comfortable place, you know, for everybody to work on. And those are the shows that have the most success, I think. Yeah, I, I was... It seems to be that way because when you talk, like you said, when we talk to a lot of actors and stuff, uh, they always say that, you know, that enjoyable, that enjoyable uh, atmosphere that, that people, you know, who are especially in the leads, who are the tone setters, when they, when they do that from that point, that it really filters out through the rest of the cast and makes it much more enjoyable and, and it allows you to do your best work too. Exactly. And I, and I'm, I'm not. I don't want to sound, make it sound like I'm on. Like I'm just on everyone's dick. Like every. Every. I just don't talk. Like to talk bad about about people. But it does sound like I'm saying everyone's awesome and this person is great and this person's that. But if I didn't feel that way, I I just wouldn't really have a comment. But everyone I'm saying is that is so wonderful to work with. They they truly are. Like all the people I've talked about on this interview, um, because sometimes there's people that aren't, you know. So yeah, you guys have mentioned a lot of names, brought up names that are just like they're tremendous people, and it does make a difference. It makes all the difference on these shows. Now we're at the point of the show that we affectionately like to call rapid fire. The way that rapid fire works is that me, Yardley, and Olaf will pepper you with questions. Maybe not about uh, any of your uh, acting jobs, or uh, we, we, I'm sure we're going to get into music a little bit, but. Um, so are you game for a little rapid fire before we say goodnight? Yeah. Do you want like uh yes or no or one word sort of answers kind of, or first things that come to mind, that kind of thing? The first thing that comes to your mind. We say rapid, but it's a little, it's a uh, somewhat rapid fire. Probably what it should be called. <laughs> All right. So okay. okay. If, you, if you, if you take too long, we just start the jeopardy, you know, countdown theme and then you have to answer and remember there's no wrong answers all right fair enough there's 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 only one wrong okay. answer and that's uh bieber so other than that there's no no wrong answers all right. okay fair enough yeah i'm down <laughs> all right so the first question we always like to start off with is uh, a couple of years ago they had a hologram concert of the rapper tupac and at coachella so what uh dead artist or band would you like to see a hologram concert of Biggie Smalls. I'm right there with you. Big. Oh, wow. Good, good, yeah, good answer. Biggie. 
All right. Um, if you were on death row, what would your final meal be? Paella. Oh, good. Okay. If you could go anywhere in the world at all, uh, where would you go and why? Uh, Santiago de Compostela uh, in the northwest of Spain. Ooh. Go to church. Mm. Oh, cool. All right, I'm going to bring it to the little hip-hop. If you had an opportunity to see any of your favorite MCs battle, who, what two MCs would you love to see battle? Uh, Big Daddy Kane and Lord Finesse. Oh, hell yeah. I like that? Yeah, that's, <laughs> that's, that's a good one. Uh, could you tell us something that you absolutely, positively can't stand? Uh, fake people. Boom. Um. <laughs> I lost. It's like rapid it's, fire. It's like it's like okay. Next. Uh, <laughs> what is your favorite animal? Nap. Uh, I don't feel so bad now. <laughs> a horse, horse, a horse. After the in a western, after the uh, zombie apocalypse, you you get two weapons. You get a melee weapon and a firearm. What melee weapon would you use, and what firearm would you carry after the zombie apocalypse? Um, I would like either a nice, like a nice sword, or a rapier. Uh, and firearm probably probably a Beretta something that oh, maybe man. something um, yeah probably a nice Beretta maybe or a yeah. Glock something yeah Beretta's pretty reliable man you might want to go with that over the Glock uh, uh, yeah how well actually you know what what is your favorite uh, movie villain Um, you know what? I'm just keeping in mind with this Marcos Fuentes because I kind of had him in the back of my mind. Um, Javier Bardem, No Country for Old Men. Shut Ooh, up. wow. Yeah, man. <laughs> That's that. definitely a good one, man. Great movie, too, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Now, you, you've done a lot of different things, music, acting, and all that. Is there anything that you haven't done that you want to do? In other words, what's your next bucket list item? Probably go to the room. Uh, oh, man. <laughs> I'd like to. Uh, shit. Uh, Getting uh, a lap dance from Halle Berry. Probably, <laughs> <laughs> no, I probably want to meet, like, um, you know, I always wish that I, 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 I you know, I, I always wish that I would have met Michael Jackson, I, um, you know, but maybe I could meet um, Muhammad Ali, you know, you know, or meet, you know, I don't know, just meet somebody that, that just, uh, yeah, that would just blow my mind, you know. Mm. Okay. All right. Now, here's the last question. You can take your time for this one. Being that uh, you rep Vancouver, we're going to uh, tailor this question to Vancouver. Now, you got to help a uh, you got to help a brother out. There's a young man. He's in Vancouver, and he has a hot date, and he needs your assistance. So you're going to give him the Zach Santiago perfect date to take a young lady. 
Okay. Um, start the date off. Um, what? Well, if it's a, if the weather's nice, you're gonna meet her for a nice coffee. Um, sit on the art gallery steps. Tell her some jokes. Make her smile. And you're not gonna tell her anywhere you're gonna take her. Then you're gonna take her to see ballet BC play. I uh, dance. After the ballet, then you're gonna take her to um, Gastown or Yale Town um, to a pretty dope but not too busy restaurant. Um, where you're going to just ask chef's discretion to make whatever he wants to make for the two of you. You're only having wine. You're not having any like any hard liquor yet. After dinner, you're going to stroll, maybe go down to Stanley Park, watch walk the seawall, and then you're going to hit the clubs. And uh, you're going to have already talked to Zach earlier, and he's, he's going to put you on the guest list for about eight of the hot spots for that night of the week. And you're going to roll into all these clubs, hear different DJs, and you're going to dance. And then you're going to take her back to uh, the hotel suite that you have rented um, and take her upstairs and give her the flowers that are sitting on the bed. And then uh, then you got to close the door because everything else is private. You know what? I think we got a winner, uh, yep, Yardley. Like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm using that when I'm in, in Vancouver. <laughs> That's well, I'll at me, man. I'll, put you, I'll, put, I'll set you up at the clubs. All right, man. I will do that, man. Thank you so much, Zach, man. You've been an awesome guest, dude. Because, you know, me and Yardley, we oh, love hip-hop. Pleasure. And we, we we don't talk hip-hop a lot on the show. We don't have the opportunity. So this is, what, twice in a week, Yardley? We yeah, had uh, Billy, now you, you, yourself. So anytime we can get hip-hop, shoehorn it in there. <laughs> we like to do it. Oh, oh that's that's great. Yeah, I had no idea either what to expect. You know, my manager uh, told me that April you know, was on the show and that you guys are big fans of the show and you want to do it. You know, I mean, I'm big fans of the Hell on Wheels and, uh, you know, my homegirl April did it. She's a homie and she's... She oh, April Tellick. Um, uh, April Tellick? Yeah, oh, yeah. We've I interviewed her like three times. What? Yeah, yeah. We've interviewed her like three times, yeah. She's a yeah, big friend, fan of the show. Yeah, so I, I I didn't know what to expect, but I'm I'm glad I had a great time. Yeah, you guys are you guys are really cool. If there's anything in the future when I'm on something else, you guys want to chat about, just get at me for sure. Oh, we will. We definitely will, man. And and definitely let us know. I I know you have a you have a film uh, TV uh, till death do us part is coming out. Uh yeah yeah that's uh, an MOW I did with my. Uh, Oh, which one was that? Which Till Death Do Us Part is with Farhad Man, I think, directed that one. And, and you're in what an, what an Idiot as well, uh, Peter Benson uh, film. We were just yeah, talking Peter about Yeah, Peter Benson's, it. yep. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, came in and did a fun little cameo for uh, for Peter ben- Benson. Um, Till Death Do Us Part, yeah, it's um, Haley Duff. I play a teacher in that. Um, and then this, which is the East End uh, this weekend and next weekend. Um what else is coming out? Uh, I think there's some feature stuff, some indie stuff. Oh, the, yeah, there's a couple of things coming down the pipe. Yeah. I, I'm so happy, though, for you, dude, because you seem like a great dude. And I, when you got that book come out or that movie uh, about your life, I definitely want to check it out, man. You, you're one of the most interesting uh, guests we've I'll, had, for sure. We've had a lot of really cool people. Wow. That means a lot, guys. Thanks a lot. That means a lot, and I, I will for sure. I'll keep you in the in the loop. And yeah, there's, there'll be some music. There'll be some hip hop in that movie, so you nice. guys will like it. Nice. All right. And uh, how can people follow you on uh, Twitter? What's your? Uh, uh, what can they follow you at? Yeah, Twitter's uh, just Zach Santiago. Z a k s a n t i a g o, and that's my Twitter. 
and on Instagram as well. I mean, um, I try to post stuff from set as much as I can, but um, yeah, my Twitter is Zach Santiago. All right, and Olaf yeah, how- at, at Zach, at Zach, yeah, and at Zach Santiago. That's it. And Olaf, how can people get you? Facebook. Uh, you can stalk me on Facebook and Twitter at Olaf Barbosa, and just don't stalk me too close. I get nervous. <laughs> Yardley. And, uh, you can follow me on Twitter at militant underscore marker. And of course, if you go to indieradio.org, it has all of our other Twitter handles for all of our other shows. And if you guys don't mind, if you could go over to iTunes and give us a rating and a review, we would definitely appreciate it. And Zach, man, it's definitely been awesome, man. You've definitely garnered a new fanboy. So if there's anything that you want to promote or anything that you've got going on, holler at your boys. We'll definitely push it for you and um i sent you a thank you on uh on twitter man and uh hopefully we'll definitely stay in the loop and we will definitely reach back out to you bro my absolute pleasure is great rapping with you guys and keep up the good work on the show and anything you need get at me i'm here all right and a programming note uh on tomorrow's we have a Talking Hell on Wheels show uh, with director Michael Nankin. Uh, he directed the, the episode that's coming on Saturday called Under Color of Law. And then on Monday on uh, Mars Venus, we're back once again with the uh, What is Beauty episode. And, uh, and on this show, next Friday, we'll be joined by actor Jesse uh, Lipscomb, uh, who actually was in uh, Hell on Wheels. He was in the pilot. He was the guy who got kicked in by the horse by uh, Ted Levine. So uh, he's an actor. He's doing his thing out there in Canada as well. So we're going to be chopping it up with him. And uh, we just have a bunch of really good shows lined up. Some stuff we can't talk about just yet, but a lot of other people from uh, the Hell on Wheels and a a bunch of other stuff as well. So we're really excited about it. So uh, I'm Kente. I'm Olaf. And I'm Yardley. And we'll catch you next time.